0: All right, Joe. We have a special guest today. We do, mate. We do. And in the words of uh, Jim Carrey, we are smoking, smoking. We've got Mick from Zed Grills.
1: No, Z Grills.
0: Fuck it's not Z, man. Z-Z. It's Z's. It's Z. It's not Z. It's Z. Oh no, Zed. Z. Zed. Grills. Yeah. All right. Grills. We're not American, but let's get stuck in. No worries. The, the
1: only Z's you won't be seeing. You won't be going to sleep because we're exactly. fucking. We're into this. Let's go. Up him. Up. Alright mate, we've got to do an intro here. So uh, if you fuck it up, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> One right? take Tony, that's right, what they call it. One go. take
0: Tony, ask hey his there.
1: wife. Hey there, this is Taz. And I'm Joy, and you've stumbled across
0: the PubMo Podcast.
1: The PubMo podcast and escape from the everyday grind all you hardworking
0: sloggers encounter. With a bit of facts and a knowledge and a of, you might have to Google it, we've got you covered. So if you like pub stories, folklore, plus getting out fishing, hunting, just having an all-round go, we've got the podcast for you. Plus we're selecting some interesting guests to yarn with that'll fill your ear hole.
1: So if you listen to Yarns with Az and Taz, or T- the Taz Yarns podcast, you'll know what to expect.
0: But if you're a virgin like me, hit that
1: subscribe button on your podcast app and bloody well hold, hold on. See that? We put pressure on ourselves. We fucked this up like five times, but we but got it, still it now. Sounds good. It's confidence. Look if at you that. Say
0: something wrong. Fuck yeah. With confidence. Yeah. No one
1: notices. That's right. No one has a fucking clue. They're still listening. Story of my life. They're still listening. <laughs> G'day everyone. We're, we're back. We're back. And we're we've, bad. We've got a, We've got a uh, a bit of a um, interesting little uh, person we've drugged in or drugged. Dr- we've, we've drugged. Him. We've we drugged drugged him. Is it's that drugged the right text? Is drug?
2: drug. Is that the past of
0: to drag? Look, Is drugged? That's actually how Tony. <laughs> that's actually how Tony met his wife.
1: <laughs> drugged her. <laughs>
2: drugged. Drugged her <laughs> then dragged. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome. We got Mick from Z Grills Australia. How you going, Mick? Mate? mate, let me
2: stop you right there. We're Aussies, we're not Americans. We say Zed Grills, not Z grills. Oh, well. Yeah,
1: that's the way. Good man.
0: Yeah. I like it. Well played, sir. I like it.
2: Good, good. Mate, Mick, I'll where... tell you I'll tell you where that comes from. Yep. I, I just let me start by saying man used to say to me, It you're in, you're an Australian, not a bloody American. So you say Zebra, not Zebra. That's right. So exactly you know right. it's got to be Zed Grills. Yep.
0: Indeed it is. Zed Grills, it is. <laughs> now where where are we talking here from? Where's home? Where are you now?
2: Well, as per the time difference, uh, we had a bit of an issue with there. Yep. I'm in Melbourne, mate. Okay. Oh, so then. I'm like, where are you guys? It's seven forty five. What's going on? And then I'm like, Oh, time zone could be a factor here. Too bloody <laughs> yeah. right. So you're an hour in, behind In
0: Melbourne, mate. You're an hour behind, aren't you? Daylight saving.
2: Uh yeah, it's now eight, yeah, eight a bit after eight o'clock. So yeah. It's um we're well ahead of you guys. I never know how it works. But, no, so, I don't Can It's darker it's, it's darker than, than
1: you guys probably. It's a bit darker down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, probably went down what about half an hour ago?
0: Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts. It'd kill us having daylight savings up here, mate. We wouldn't put our kids
2: to bed until eleven o'clock oh, at night. Mate, mm. it, it, it's 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 a it's a nightmare. I mean, the the changes of time zones, especially when you're traveling internationally, and even throughout Australia, you just get totally confused. Like yeah, it completely. just does my head in. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Especially in Australia, especially on the east coast of Australia, there's just no need for it. There's really not.
2: Yeah. How's Melbourne treating? Yeah. Mate, it's been um, it's been my home a number of times so yep. i was born in melbourne and i was overseas for nearly 20 years lived overseas for 20 years we can talk about that a bit if we want and i've been back in australia for the last six so um i like melbourne i like the change of the seasons although i do get jealous every time i talk to somebody up in queensland you guys are always having better weather than me <laughs> you know and i've i've had you know t-shirt and shorts on last and then uh, you got the bloody hoodie on this morning because it's nine degrees outside. So <laughs> you know, Melbourne has, has some um, has some pros and cons to it, mate. Yeah, the 100%. coffee's great, but the weather's uh, the weather's not as good as you guys.
1: I put a long sleeve on just to make you feel at home. It's actually <laughs> oh, about thanks, thirty degrees outside. It at is, the mate. It's 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 very
0: warm <laughs> up here today. I think we topped out at about thirty three, and our bottom this morning was only about nineteen.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it is it is crazy. But I don't I actually don't mind the weather. Just because um, I've lived in places where we had, you know, hot summers, humid, had to use the air conditioner every night. So for me, you know, a bit of a break in the weather every few days is not a bad thing. I don't actually mind it.
0: Yeah, copy that. So you said a change of seasons and all that sort of thing. Where have you lived and what took you there?
2: Okay, so well Life <laughs> story. We've got so, drinks, we're ready to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I grew up in Ballyang East, which is near Bacchus Marsh, northeast, forty minutes northeast of, of Melbourne. So when I was a kid, if I jumped on the trampoline really high, I could see the Rialto high rise building of Melbourne. You know, okay, so right, about, about right. 40 minutes drive. So grew up on a on a hobby farm there. Old man worked in the in, in the city, but we had a hobby farm, so we had, you know, all the different animals. Had a big farm beside her, so basically a country kid. Yep. Uh, grew up in... Uh that Area there, went to a little school with 20 30 kids. Um, then went into the bigger town for, for high school and then up to up the hill to Ballarat yep. to for university. So, you know, just a, a country boy here in Melbourne. Um, and then after finishing uni, I, I disappeared. I did the whole gap year thing and basically went, went overseas for a little while. Came back, did my honours at uni, and then disappeared for essentially 18 years. And when I said disappeared, like <laughs> I, was, I was gone. Cool. So, I, I shot, across, shot across to China which was not at all what I'd planned to do. Basically, just an opportunity to come up with uni to go there for a month. And I'm like, why not? Myself and a few other mates um, from uni, you know, we had that opportunity. So we went across there for a month, had an absolute ball, like total eye-opener, obviously going over there. It was 1997. Um, You know, as a a 21-year-old, just an amazing eye-opening experience. And I'd never planned to go there and had no idea about anything at all about China, but went there and um, had an absolute ball. Um, and, um, so after coming back and doing a year of uni, went back over there and basically spent 18 years living there, working for a few different companies and started my own business over there and, um, you know, traveled all over the world. I've been to, I don't know how, how many countries, whether it be hundred or maybe even more all over the world, uh, doing my previous business, which was solar hot water. So we run a, a company called Apricus, We did solar hot water projects on universities, University projects in the US, in particular, but also stuff like uh, military bases. So in Guam, uh, in in South Korea, uh, a lot of stuff in the US. So I spent a lot of time, you know, traveling around the world doing projects, solar hot water projects, and we had offices in the US. So a lot of time in the US as well. Um, So yeah, I've had a a lot of uh, exciting, not exciting, a lot of. Exciting times sitting in, in hotels and uh, waiting for flights in the middle of the night in, in weird time zones. So yeah, a lot, a lot, of, uh, lot of moving around the world.
1: So well, like in China, how do, you, how do you explain the difference? Well, like you'd gone from there as a young follower, here as a young follower, ended up there. Like uh, explain
2: that. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's totally, totally different because especially when I went there, there weren't many foreigners. So you, you were a freak. Like I was a freak yeah, yeah, yeah. walking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. walking down the street. You were literally, you imagine if you're a beautiful woman, you're used to having people looking at you. Join okay? Us, but join, they're, you know, they're going, <laughs> check, check, check that out. Well, yeah. for me, they're like, what, what is this freaky looking white thing, bald thing walking down the street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so initially I was there, it was, you know, I was a rarity. And especially if you went into the country areas where some of the factories and stuff were like, you would have people like waving at you, yelling out, n- no, not nasty things, but saying like, foreigner foreigner yeah, yeah, in Chinese yeah, right. <laughs> and running up and saying g'day uh, now you go there and there's, you know, there's stacks of foreigners over there so they don't give a shit but when i first went there yeah you were a novelty and so that's a crazy feeling i'm not super tall I'm, you know 180 centimeters but i was taller than everybody else yeah. most people yep so you go you walk and obviously in australia you walk around and it, there's every single different height and hair color and shape and size you can imagine yeah that's over right. there Everything's it's 99.999 percent <laughs> chinese you know black hair very and good, then you got very, me very uniform walking around very uniform so well, you'd stick out like dog's balls well exactly right yeah. exactly right that, that ball that ball shiny head reflecting this the sunlight um it's um it's you know sticks out like, like a sore thumb so just the the experience of having people focusing on you when you're walking around and watching everything you're doing um, was was insane. And then, you now over a period of about a year, I started to learn the lingo, so I could speak pretty pretty fluent Chinese. And Brilliant. as soon as I started to say a few w- words, people would like absolutely be so excited to <laughs> to have a conversation with you. So super friendly. I've got you know got ripped off by a few people, a few dodgy taxi drivers and and motorbike. Uh, like taxis and as stuff, rip me off a few. As times, you do,
0: as as <laughs> yeah, traveling you get
2: Exactly right. <laughs> you go to, you go to, you go to New York, and you'll have a, a, a local Russian dude rip you off some some something. Hundred percent. Hundred. If you're driving around there, but um, other than that, mate, I had an absolutely amazing time there. Super, super safe. Super friendly people. Uh, obviously, once I could speak the lingo and open up doors to just having For an sure. amazing adventure. At eighteen years of of adventures, essentially, over there.
0: So coming from a country that is realistically we're a bit spoon fed by the U S and all the mainstream media, which is something mm. me and this bloke don't really buy into too much. China's probably mm. quite polarizing for, for people from Oz or the U S and that sort of stuff. How'd you find it culturally and, 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 you know, as a, as an expat Aussie living somewhere like that at such a young age too,
2: how did you find it? I, I found it was totally different to what I expected and what you'd think about you, uh, hearing in the media. Now, Back then, all I knew about China was, like, uh, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee movies. Like, literally, <laughs> sure. that all, no, literally that's all I knew. It is. That's right. Um, now, now you see more, because obviously China's more open now, so you see more stuff in the news and everything, and you've got you know, people are traveling, traveling there all the time. When I first went there, not many people had actually you know, been there, and so... It was an eye-opener to see a very, very, um, well, backward country compared to Australia. Yeah. Now it's very different. Now, in many ways, it's more advanced than Australia. But when you first go there, like, you know, there's sh- the shitty roads, shitty buses, shitty cars. Most people are riding their bikes. Um, it's not as, you know, toilets are not very easy to come by, not very clean. <laughs> and that's changed enormously over the last 19, like, 15, 20 years. But when I first went there, yeah, it's, you're going, I mean, it's like going probably to India now, like parts of India okay. now, are probably like China years ago. So that's that kind of feeling. So it's a massive culture shock being in a a first world country, Australia, we have a pretty nice uh, lifestyle here and living standard. And you go somewhere where there's poor people everywhere and the dodgy roads and everything. And you're like, just, it just blows your mind. You're just constantly looking around and saying, how different is everything? Like not just one thing. It's, it's everything is different. Like absolutely everything. There's, there's almost nothing that's the same. So as a young fella, I mean, it was awesome, like just an amazing eye open experience, and just getting to explore sounds and sights and people Tastes and different foods. Up. Yeah, everything, everything. Um, and, and I, I suppose my personality is I can. I'm very adaptable, yep. so you can drop me. I can you can drop me anywhere, um, and I'll survive and hopefully thrive yep. because I get along with people well. I learn the lingo quickly. I'll eat anything um and so you know when i first went there i couldn't speak chinese so i just started going to the local gym yep. and you go to the local gym and there's guys with their tops off all doing exercises and you're in there they're all chinese dudes but they're like who's hey, this white fella yeah, yeah, you go yeah. in there and you start training with them they're like ah cool I can't say anything. They don't know what I'm talking about. But you start learning <laughs> words, and you know, you 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 you're pumping weights, getting sweaty together. You know, briefly, show us sweaty, in a room together. Sounds very homoerotic, but we had an awesome time, and I made made friends and and had fun and learnt the lingo. So just just I just went in there, you know, pulled up the sleeves and um and talked to the average people and and made friends with the average people and they accepted me and you know you just you just start to, start to live there and and learn and learn about the society and. And have an absolute ball. So just to just me, to it was, actually, it was just amazing. Just really
0: immerse yourself.
2: B- bloody oath. I see, L- yeah. Like anybody, anybody, if you go anywhere, you can't live in a little condom with other people who speak the same language and expect to learn anything. Yeah. You, like, I didn't live with foreigners. I went out and I lived with Chinese people and I spoke the language. You ate the, ch- the local food. And yeah, you, you just, you just learn, it, learn about how they live.
1: It's like uh, jujitsu has its own language. Sort of thing. If you go anywhere around the world and you go and train jujitsu, you don't have to know mm. any language. It, it is, has its own language. In, well, in, all you in have the to use do
2: of is know how to tap, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's exactly right.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And when you're in the <laughs> gi- and, and not, when you're in the gym, struggling under a big squat, you don't you, you don't have to be able to speak the lingo to, to know how to say "holy shit,
2: help, mayday." Yeah. Do any of yeah, you guys do any jujitsu or not? you guys, done any jujitsu? We have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. I did. I did a little bit. Actually, um, when I was in the US, one of my employees actually was pretty pretty big into it. So he took me to his local gym and got me destroyed by some little guy, you know, some <laughs> little guy just, yes. just, 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 just like a spider, destroyed me for about 20 minutes and then I almost died. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. So I started doing it. I did probably about two or three years until I injured my AC joint and everything. But I absolutely loved it. I actually had a... Uh, I was going to the gym, uh, Fabrizio Vadum's gym in LA. I I was going there once every couple of weeks when I was in in LA, probably for about a year. So probably trained there about 20 or 30 times. And he actually came in one day, did a session with all of his students. So I actually got to meet him. Um, just after he won like, the title, um, that's awesome. And, yeah, it was awesome. Like a super, super friendly, gentle guy. I rolled with him for I don't know, thirty seconds. He was kind of rolling with everybody. Yep, yep. And, yep. You know, he gave me a couple, couple, couple of tips. I mean, I'm I'm white, 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 white belt. Yeah, I've you know, got no stripes or anything. But it was amazing. I was pretty um, addicted to jujitsu for a, yeah for a two or three years here until I got injured. But it's an amazing sport and very humbling as well. You you, you realize when you have a 16 year old girl who's Half your weight, who just destroys you? Yeah, um, how you know how how crap you are? <laughs> like you said, it so, is very humbling. I, I, it's a level.
0: I it. It's a very much a level playing field, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it doesn't matter how big your muscles are either. That's right. Like mm. um, it's, but you've got to have skills. You've got to have patience. You've got to know how to pace yourself. It's not just about getting in there with brute force. So I absolutely love. I still, even I haven't, I haven't rolled for I know eight or nine years. I, I dream about rolling. Yeah, nice one.
0: What what took you to the
2: US? Yeah. Because from, from
0: China so we, to the US, that's a heck of a culture shock, that is, isn't
2: it? Well, it's, it's, it's 15 hours um, time difference as well, which is the bigger issue. Yep. Um, but we, we had an office in uh, doing our solar hot water stuff. We had an office in Connecticut, so near New York, yep. um, for about seven or eight years. And so I was flying back and forth there. We had seven or eight engineers and salespeople there. And then later on, we moved the office to LA just a little bit closer and more business there. And so, yeah, one of my one of my staff members was into did so, and we had, had a team there. And so I'd be... Back there, once a month, I'd be there for about ten days, and I was back to the Fords there for several years. So I got to the point that they actually said, "Hey, if you come in for three more days this year, you're going to be a tax resident. You have to start paying tax in the U.S." Because <laughs> yeah, I was like right, more okay. than two hundred, yeah, more than like one hundred and seventy days in the year, or something, something like that. So, spent a lot of time in, particularly in in Los Angeles, um, and uh, so yeah, I know I've been to almost pretty much every U.S. state and, and traveled all over, and I, I much prefer australia to be honest <laughs> really? You right now. really true story what's your take what's 100%. your take on
0: the u.s because that's another polarizing place for us in australia isn't it i i
2: i love the natural parts of the u.s yeah okay, okay? so i love my, my my favorite place in the world in fact is joshua tree national park which yep. is about three hours drive out of um out of los angeles like i've been there hiking myself T- you know, taken, taken mushrooms and had some had some experiences there. Had some, had some. the I was actually, I was actually about an hour ago on my computer flicking through some stuff, and I saw photos of a camping trip I did with this um this this mate of mine, Brendan, who did the jiu jitsu together. We actually went there one weekend. We got there a little bit late. we were going to camp, you know, for a couple of days, and we got there late. There was no spots because there's camping spots all over the place. So we were going from kind of from camping spot to camping spot, trying to find an open space, and they're all taken. And eventually I said, hey, let me just work some magic. And so there was there was two, two young guys there, and I just walked up and said, g'day, guys, how are you going? And put on the, the strong Aussie accent, which always works <laughs> well does. in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, let we fucking walk around, you know, driving around for the last hour. We can't find a spot. There's only two of you guys. Can we, like, pull in, you know, beside you on this spot? And they're like, fuck, yeah, no worries. And so they let, they let us kind of join their group. Well, later on, their old man turned up, and we ended up having – I actually got photos of it – us around the campfire – um, sitting there, you know, having a drink or whatever, and one of the guys said, and obviously it's legal in, in California, do you guys <laughs> mind if we have a smoke? And we're like, oh, no worries, we'd love to as well. So there was about five of us going around round in circles having, having a smoke and this old, old dude, the father, basically just started telling stories, telling like, I don't know if it was Vietnam War stories or whatever, but he was telling stories. And we just sat around this campfire in the pitch black with stars above us in Joshua Tree, just telling stories, listening to this old dude um, for, you know, I don't know, it felt like hours and hours. And it's just, it's one of my, my happiest ever experiences, being in Joshua Tree, sitting around a campfire, stoned listening to this guy tell stories and then spending about an hour trying to get the 10 meters back to my tent yeah, and undoing yeah and doing, that's sick doing that's this a good back up. <laughs> but and then the next day climbing those massive rocks and hiking around joshua tree so that's my favorite part of the world um and so there's parts of the u.s which obviously australia's got amazing 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 scenery and and uh, nature and wildlife but the u.s has some some fantastic places like that as soon as you get into the city forget it. You, as soon as you start having all the cultural crap that they've got going over there and, you know, gun shootings, that like, kind of stuff, forget it. Yes, there's great people. Yes, there's some great food. But the, the, the local uh, environment is the thing that I love about it. But in terms of just, like, somewhere to live, like, I could move to the US tomorrow and work over there. I've got opportunities. I don't want to. I, 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 I've lived there. I want to live in Australia. Like, yeah. it's, there's, there's no – it's not even close. Not no. even close. We talk about it quite regularly. We we are
0: so privileged in Australia. We really are. We are so lucky to live where we live, have what we? have on our back doorstep the lifestyle that we do, the infrastructure, everything from top to bottom. Yep. I don't think there's too many better places to live than Australia. And I'm a a Kiwi, so that's (laughs) saying something. Do you know what I mean? He's a bro. Well, New Zealand's a
2: He's, he's a pretty good place as well, old New Zealand. Oh, absolutely,
0: so, it is. It's just too cold for me. I'm a tropical mouldy now. If it gets <laughs> under thirty degrees, mate, yeah. I'm
2: out. I'm done. Yeah, for sure. And if you look at parts of Europe, you know, Scandinavia and those kind of places, which are, which have got pretty high quality um, lifestyles, but the actual environment, the weather, all that kind of stuff, just can't compare to Australia as well. So, having been to many, 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 many countries, and and I kind of, I suppose, and am, am fairly well read and well travelled and everything. Yeah, Australia's so good. But un- unless you've travelled overseas and been to the US and maybe been to some poorer places as well, you really don't understand how lucky we are. Yeah. Like you just you just can't no. un- until you've seen it firsthand. Um but no, people that people that complain about Australia, I'm like, Yes, nothing's perfect. No. You know, never. There's That's always right. there's always there's always issues everywhere and especially when you've got a good lifestyle, there's more things to complain about, but you're complaining about little things that if you go to another country, they're going to say, what, you're worried about that? Yeah. We're worried about, oh, I know. you know, being shot, you yeah. know, <laughs> or not having clean drinking water or, or whatever. So, mate, we are so lucky. Like, for me, the lifestyle over here as well, just the amount of time that if you work hard like I do, you still have time to go for a mountain bike ride. In the, in the forest you know, and see kangaroos, you still have time to go fishing and camping and, and all this kind of stuff that other people can only dream about. No, that's right. So, um, and, and especially you guys know that where, where you are um, up north, it's just, I mean, paradise up there for that kind of, a, those kind of activities. Oh, but, for, for here to, yeah. from
1: here till Christmas, this is the best place to live in Australia, I reckon. From, yeah. Because we get, the only time we get the nice um, warm weather, but it's stuff all breeze, we can go, we, you can do everything. You can go to the reef, mm. you can go to the rainforest, you can go everywhere. About three months prior to that, you can't go anywhere because it's just piss and rain and windy. So Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But you take the good well, weather. Well, you've got to make the most of it. That's mm. right. Exactly you got to make the right. most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same down in Melbourne. You know, your, your weather changes the winter
2: from here. day to day. Yeah, and, and the winter here is is pretty crap. I mean, you. I want to go for a bike ride and it's just mud. You know, yeah. you just can't do that. You've got to change what you do over the winter months and then come come the good weather, you've got to make the most of it. Um, but I mean, we have that opportunity. We have that freedom. Um, and also we've got the opportunity that if I wanted to, I can fly up to Queensland for, you know, for a week if I want to. So, um, it's just, yeah, Australia, Australia is, is just an awesome place. So, um, yeah, I love because uh, I could have stayed living in China. I could have moved to the U S and worked over there, um, five or six years ago. I moved back here in 2017. 2017, my son go to school. He is now uh, going to melbourne uni here yep. he's now 18 yep. so i moved back here for him yep. and so he, went, he actually did all his primary school in china so he went to yeah, a chinese went. not an international school he went to a chinese school and so from a young age he was born here in australia a few months old went back to china he did his whole childhood there uh, obviously he traveled to he traveled to the u.s with me many many times traveled to australia many many times he was an international kid and i spoke to him always in english um always in english uh, obviously, he's talking to his grandparents and his mum and stuff in Chinese, but I spoke to him in English, so his English was pretty good, but um, he went all through primary school there and then came here year seven, and actually, I mean, I'll brag for a little bit. He actually got the ducks um, of his school here, and he got, it, uh, I don't know what you guys call it up in Queensland, but you got your ADA, which is like your uh, your score to go to university. Yeah, time, yeah. So yeah, we the same sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so so he got top marks for the whole state. So oh, yeah. Absolutely awesome. Well done. Destroyed it, and it's it. all because of me. It's all because of me.
1: <laughs> That's what happens with my um. Usually, when my son does something wrong, my missus says that about me too. <laughs> well,
2: the, the the funny thing is, the last four years, all I've done is oh, I haven't even fed him, and Missus fed him. All I did is drive him to school and back.
1: That's it. it. Is those conversations do in the car though? It was. It was some those solid. It was some solid
0: car. fatherly advice every day in the car. Must have been the only logical like explanation.
1: <laughs>
2: There was a few times where I said, "Dude, just chill out. Like you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Like just chill." Yeah. You know. Uh, apart from that, um, yeah, he's just he's a he's a little little he's a, beast. He's a go getter. So. He's a go getter. Well, I mean, again, I say say this with a bit of uh, sprinkling a bit of salt on it, but he's a bit like me. He he, he loves to go deep. Whether it be jiu whatever I do, I love to go deep and I like to go hard and I like to learn things really, really, really well. And he's the same. So when he does something, he doesn't do it half hearted. Um, he's a lot smarter than me. Like I, I couldn't have never have done that well at school. Um, but yeah, he's, he's absolutely kicked ass. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it was worth coming back here. Yeah, that's for sure. Cause okay. we gave him that platform and he's taken advantage of it. So
1: yeah. tell me Your world, um, worldly knowledge of traveling, that is its own smarts in itself though. Like the, what you would have learned over the past 18, 20 years is probably tenfold of what most people would learn. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree entirely. I think the the key thing is perspective. As I said before, about you know knowing that Australia is an awesome place to live. When you've lived in lots of different places, you've met all these different people from different cultures, you get to realise what things work, what things don't work, what's what's really important, and what's bullshit. Um, and also, so like I see. Talk. You asked before about. Like the spin that the potentially the media puts on what China is like or what America's like, and, and the spin that America's putting on what's happening maybe in the Middle East at the moment. Like they're all, it's all, they've all got their own agenda. Of course. And it's all propaganda. Of course. Mm. And if you yes, go to China, they've got propaganda. Yeah. Like I never watched, I never, even though I can understand it, I never watched the Chinese television. It's like the Fox News of China or the whatever the equivalent of here course. is Australia. Of they're going to be saying, we're amazing, we're amazing, America's bad, America's bad. Yep. Yeah. It's all, if you've got to cut through that and try yeah. and see the reality of what's going on. And the reality is never black and white. It's always super, super gray and, mm, and complicated and nuanced. And it takes hours and hours and maybe hundreds of hours to actually get an understanding of it. Um, it's like talking about the whole thing in Palestine and Israel at the moment. Like yeah. everybody says, they're right, they're wrong. No, you've no. got to look at the history <laughs> over the hundreds of years yeah, and all the sure. background behind it. It's, it's not that simple. And anybody who says good, bad, they, they're actually not going deep enough. No, percent And I never make judgment calls and those kind of things because it's so complicated. Yeah, and that's something you realize as you get more educated and worldly the rest of it, that things are so complicated um, and, and you can't just make you know, click of the finger judgments on things. And the same with people as well. Like I've, I've done business with people that if you look at them from a distance, you go, who's that person? They look different to me. They're wearing something weird around their head. Or, what, or they probably believe this. And then you do business with them and you have, you go and you spend time with their family and you go and work with them for a week. And you're like, these people are nothing like what I thought they were. Yeah. Or I had these preconceptions about what they believed as a religion, but in fact, they believe this different aspect of things and they're super cool and super chill yeah. and they don't want to kill them, you know? And without going too deep, I've had those kind of experiences that they I went there and I had a preconception of what the experience was going to be and it was totally different. Totally, right. totally different. So And you also again,
0: you also yeah. find that you you tend to end up meeting people that are just like you. They might have different oh. beliefs, different different perspectives, whatever, but mm. in, in the crux of things, they're just the same as you and I. There's no different. They 100%. want the same things. They like the mm. same things, family, friends, mm. all that sort of stuff. They mm. might go to a different church on the weekend or worship a different God or come from a different country. But we're, all, sure. we're all the same. And I think that's where, the, you know, media and politics, they drive a real wedge. You know, mm. the Middle East is a perfect example. How often do we yeah. hear the word Muslim and it's straight away in, in, in probably a, a Westerners head, the next word that comes out is terrorist. And they're so yeah. friggin' completely unrelated, aren't they?
2: 100. percent Well, the example I just gave is—is is I actually went and I did a solar hot water project in Kenya on an Islam. I can't remember the right terminology, but it, in, in basically a, a school for, for Islamic people. Yep. And I'm like, well, this is this could be interesting. And they went there, and the students that were there were, were studying the Quran. And so they were from Canada and the US, all different yeah, okay. uh, places around the world, and they went to study. And I went there with one of my employees, and and she's Chinese. And I'm like, how is this? You know this. 25 26 year old chinese girl coming in without anything on her head yep and she's going to be working with these islamic um engineers how is this going to work are they going to listen to her are they going to like what's going to happen here and they were so chill yeah and we went into the house and we met the wives and and it was fantastic and they were super respectful i said um what's the go here like you guys are super chill and they said oh we we read the quran and we read all the good bits. Yeah, that's All those right. crazy bits. Yep. We don't read that. Yeah. We don't. We don't believe in that. It's so like if you look at the Bible. Yes. There's crazy bits in there. <laughs> ignore those bits. So like, ignore that crazy stuff. We like this stuff. We don't agree with those people that are that are um, Islamic terrorists. Yep. We 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 believe in these these things about being nice people and looking after each other. And so that was an eye opener for me because. They were totally different and so much more chill and friendly. And the women didn't have to do anything yep. weird. They were they they were very well respected. Yep. Um. And so that was an eye opener. And again, if you if I had never had that experience, I would probably have very different um, perception For or, sure. or ideas about what those people, what those yeah. that group of people are like. Yeah, that's so, right. So, and again, you, you go like you, if you and I sat in a room together and we put a list of all our different political beliefs, there'd be some differences. Of course. If we talked about abortion and guns and this and that and the yes, no vote and everything, everything, there might be things we disagree on. But if we actually list everything out, there's probably 95% of stuff we actually agree on. the same page. On. Mm. And yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. Like, w- we can tear each other apart on those 5% of things. We go, don't, we don't, this, but don't worry about those things. You can have your views. I can have my views. Let's focus on the stuff that we really agree on and have, like, Cause humanity around and, and can enjoy having a beer and discussing um, like going hunting or going fishing or enjoy, enjoying
1: the sure, food or enjoy enjoying the saddle.
2: Hit, you have hit the nail on the head. It's a, just need a little
0: bit more acceptance and a little bit less judgment.
1: Yeah, the, the, the government's yeah. all about creating a divide because um, no, no, the governments don't want to see anyone happy because when people are happy, nah. they're doing everything right. <laughs> they they well, need if They want a side. Yeah. It's like a
2: football football team. You got United or Manchester, whatever. You've got to have your two different teams. Your Collingwood or your Fitzroy. You've got to split them apart. If they're all playing happily together, h- how do you actually get them motivated to do anything?
1: Yeah. Or you get, <laughs> if or or all... you get your Brisbane Lions that got beaten by them? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna throw Brisbane Lions in, there, in that conversation.
0: So me and this uh, me and this bloke are carnivores through and through. Hmm. And you've gone from heating water to. Heating meat. One mm, of our favourite. Like, like that. that? Did Just you
1: cook like that? with gas. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not cooking with gas. I used to
2: cook water with solar and gas, and now, um, yeah, we use wood pellets. So, so let me tell you the story of Zegrell. So I was doing the solar hot, hot water stuff, and my business partner introduced me to the owner of Zegrell's. Like, literally, over lunch, he said, oh, Nick, you know, I was in China. He said, do you want to come and meet this dude? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Went out, had some lunch. And I, I had no idea what a pellet smoker was. Like, I've eaten lots of Texican, uh, Texas long-term well, barbecue because yep. I've spent lots of time in Texas, and it's awesome. But I didn't know how it was cooked. I didn't know what an offset burner was. Yep. I didn't know any of that. Yep. Uh, so I went there, and, I, and he said, do you want to come tomorrow, drive three hours to my factory and check it out? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I went there, spent a few days at the factory, understood about the you know Traeger, which we, used, which we used to manufacture, which is one of the big brands from the U.S., understood all the different ins and outs how they are produced how they work and i said these are pretty cool so this is 2018 i said let me get a few across to australia i've just moved back there so 2019 brought some in i actually started by giving some to um uh, a company called rtg uh, recycling technologies group they're in eden new south wales and they make the best bloody pellets they're called smoking aussie hardwood Pellets. so they make pellets in australia aussie hardwood pellets. they've got a good range um and so I found them online. I, I called them up and said, hey, can I send you one of these smokers and you play with it, put your wood pellets through it and tell me what you think? I'm like, yeah, sure. So send them a smoker and they ran, ran around it and they said, this is bloody awesome. It's good. We like it. And so I'm like, cool. So I started bringing them in. Um, so I started Zegrels Australia. Girls you Australia. Know, I'm the exclusive uh, distributor for Australia. And then through that, I started working a lot more closely with the actual Zed team. They've got a factory obviously in China and they've got a team in the, in the US as well. So I started working a lot more with them. Now, I focus now 99% on the Australian market because that's where I am and it's what I do. And, and what I've done is I've taken their basic products or their basic units and I've tweaked them, tweak, 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 tweak. including we've got now a Wi-Fi controller, a wireless controller, so you can connect it to your phone. But that's ours. That's Australian. We've developed that for the Australian market. And the key thing that I've done in Australia, which is, which is really, really awesome, is I've got an amazing community. Like an awesome, awesome, awesome community, and so what I do is, if I've got an idea, I actually talk to my community members and say, you know, these tw- fifteen to twenty guys who are kind of pretty passionate in my community, I'll say, hey guys, got something new I'm working on. Can you give me some input on it? And I'll and I'll throw you out a sample to have a play with. And they they're like my beta te- or beta testers. They prototype test for me. And so some of them are engineers, some of them are sparkies, some of them are you know all different kinds of backgrounds. But they give me honest feedback about what they want the product to look like, what it should what it should be, how it should work. And so that means that the products that I actually bring to market are developed by our Australian community and not just me hiding in, you know, my bedroom on the on the computer doing you know CAD drawings. Yeah. So that that community and interaction with our with our people in Australia is something which is just I love because it, it's not just me developing a product, it's me working with my community to bring things to market that they've actually helped with. So even simple things like we've got a temperature guide for, for cooking meat. It's a, it's a food temperature magnet, stick it on your fridge, whatever. I didn't just make that. I made it, put it out there, got feedback from the community, made changes, made changes, made changes, and then it's the community designed you know, food temperature magnet. Um, so the community is one of the, one of the things that I'm most proud of. In terms of this business, more so than the product or anything else, it's the community that we've built, and it's just—it's just—it's amazing to be honest.
0: Feedback is always good, though, isn't it? Genuine, honest feedback is the only way to go. Y- you
2: have—you have to have the ability to to invite that feedback mm-hmm. in an honest way because a lot oh, yeah, of people right. say, "Yes, can you provide some feedback?" But they don't actually want it. No, that's yeah. right. They don't actually want to no, listen to it. Um, you've
1: got to be um, mentally prepared to have uh, a criticism, bad, criticism. Criticism. Yeah, you got to.
2: What you need to realise is that you don't know everything. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that that's a key thing. Yep, um, and that you, you're not right about everything. And so, I mean, you might get feedback that's not necessarily valid. Some of it, but for me, I've always been super open about saying I'm not an expert at everything. I've got some things that I know, but you've got different experiences. Give me your feedback, and I'll take it on board um and so initially people say yeah that's nice you're like no don't say yes that's nice tell me what you really think like i want you to be critical about it whatever it may be yeah. whether yeah. it be reviewing a document or playing with a product and going well in fact if you did this 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 and this it might be a bit better okay that's what i want to hear i don't want you to hear don't you tell me yes that's nice which a lot of people will start off by by saying so getting really strong feedback from people having them actually spend the time and effort to spend a week with it and then give you feedback, you know, our controller, a lot of the different things we've developed um, is amazing. So we've got some core people. I'll throw out some names, Mark Richards, Russell Stevens, if they hear this, are just awesome blokes who, they're not my employees. I don't pay them. They're just community members who are passionate. And so they invest their time and effort into the community and they invest their time and effort into providing me feedback on anything that I ask them about. Um, and they're just absolutely Awesome! So huge shout out to those those fellows and and a lot more other people in our community as well who make Z Grills Australia an Aussie brand and an Aussie product and an Aussie team and not just some random product that gets sold on a website.
1: Yeah, I actually got uh, put onto you by Cooking with Mad Dog Oliver. So yeah, it was good. But mm. after I had the chat with them, I said I need to know more about these nah, Z Grills. So <laughs> yeah, so
2: you said it right then, you didn't say Z Yeah, That's right. <laughs> but, I, I had to think
0: a little bit. <laughs> So a quick, a quick rundown of the products. Go. What do you got? What do
2: you sell? Okay. So we've got a range of wood pellet smokers. So obviously with a smoker, you're producing smoky wood flavour um, for cooking low and slow stuff like your briskets and your pulled pork, um, anything like that. The nice thing about a wood pellet smoker, as opposed to using an offset, which is where you drop your chunks of wood in and the air naturally flows through, is that with a pellet smoker like ours, it's automatic. So it's, it's got a controller, a control. it monitors the temperature, set and forget. So you can turn yeah. it on and it automatically pushes the pellets through, automatically runs the fan. And, and so you can walk away and it can do the work for you. So you can run one of our grills overnight. Like you can run it for 10, 15 hours. And the wood pellets, obviously, as I said before, Australian-made wood pellets, we also have a brand called Barbecue as Delight, which come in from the US, which are like apple, pecan, a range of different flavours. You mix them together for a bit more flavour and you throw in a bag of five, you know, five or 10 kilos and you've got hours and hours and hours of cooking. And the nice thing is that unlike charcoal where you throw a big bag and it's gone, you only use as many as you need for the cook. Yeah. So you put them in there and then you use two or three kilos and then you turn it off and you come back two days later. Um, the other really good thing about pellet smokers is you've got your small size. We've got like a travel size one, which is like a, a portable one. You can take it around uh, if, you, if you're travelling with your 4 drive. And then we've got uh, four sizes up to a big one, which you can put two eight-kilo briskets in or 12 racks of ribs four pizzas like a, a big size one so we've got like a, a set of four different sizes there all work pretty much the same um and the nice thing as well is we've got a range of accessories so we've got you know, a front wooden bench that goes on the front which looks really cool we've got our own range of like kevlar gloves and temperature sensors and all those kind of bits and pieces that i've personally vetted and pers- personally in some cases actually developed and so as a, as a bundle, you can get the grill, but you can get these bundles with these accessories which have awesome value for money and especially if you're giving it as a gift. So a lot, of, a lot of ladies will give these as a gift to their hubby or whatever and it's like Christmas because you get not just like a grill, you get a grill, a couple of bags of pellets and all the bits and pieces that you need to start cooking.
1: So no, what, what the um, hubby I mean, gets, bit, the hubby gets the grill and then for his birthday, he gets the apron and then for, <laughs> he gets the, for Father's Day, he gets well, the thermometer. that's
2: smart. That's very smart. He <laughs> pulls it out the of one it, box. <laughs> That's a, uh, I've never. I'm not sure if that happens. Normally they uh, <laughs> they they probably get it all together. But or they they know the hiding space where uh, where, the, where the where the mum puts all the all the Christmas presents. <laughs> there was this big box that turned up. What what was in it?
1: Oh, nothing, love.
2: <laughs> it's it's actually funny because some some people buy them and they hide them in the garage, like cover them in blankets, like for a few days until until the birthday and they <laughs> uncover it. It's a, but it's a bloody big box to hide in the corner of the garage for a week. <laughs> okay, you know? but um, I mean we our business is growing. So uh, year over year, and and I think there's a lot of um, the American brands which are probably a little bit upset because we are stealing market share away from those guys. And one of the key reasons is just as I said before, our community and our customer service. So for me, customer service is not it is the most important thing. It is and it's not 100%. just like hundred percent. And it's not just like people say, oh, so your products always always breaking down, so you don't have customer service. No, customer service is not just warranty. Customer service is. The buying process, it's giving you tips and tricks about how to cook something. Is, I get phone calls from people saying, my brisket's at 70. Uh, it's, it's not going up in temperature. What do I do? <laughs> on a <Wait>. weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, wait, it's, it's a stall. you know. <laughs> and I talk them through it. That's customer service. It's providing people with advice on how to use a product like from, from before you purchase a product, the buying process, and then the three, four, five, six, seven, eight years after you've got it. There's continual communication with you as you, as, as you wish, and that's customer service. So for me, it's being accessible, looking after people, not saying, I've got your money. You can now piss off. I'm not <laughs> going to talk to you again, which is what a lot of brands obviously do. You know, Transaction's over. See you later. Um, that's not our style at all. For me, it's, it's the most important thing. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews, and people actually say, oh, are they, all, are they real? I'm like, yes, productreview.com.au, they're all real. They're actual real people who purchased the product. Because product review requires that they're they're legit people, so we don't we don't You're buy. B- there's or... no fake reviews. They're yeah, real.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, okay. for sure. I've actually owned a couple of uh, a different brand, and the uh, small traveler one, and I've I've had the bigger bigger version as well. The small traveler yep. one is probably my favorite out of all of them. Um, I've had troubles with it, so I don't use it anymore. But mm. when it was going, I could uh, get home from work, fire it up. Within twenty minutes, the grill plate was hot enough. I could ch- chuck a steak on. The steak you get yep. off that plate is you can't get you can't Beautiful. beat it. The, the flavor yeah. just from the timber. Mm. I, I, I'm actually cooking with a Weber at the moment because I, I'm, I'm waiting for one to turn up. Now nah. <laughs> 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 nah, I'm cooking with, and just, you can taste the gas in the meat. And I, after after using those um, pellet grills. You don't mm. taste the gas in the meat, and that's that's the big difference in like using pellet grills. That's the biggest thing <laughs> I've seen
2: for sure. A, a lot of people say that about pizza. So if you you can do pizza in our grills, and and the flavour that you get on the pizza is it's just again your your taste buds are probably more uh, um more uh, what's the right word. Are much more uh, fancy than mine. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but I've got, I've got pretty crap taste buds. I can't tell the difference. But some people are like, oh, I can I – can. like if you give me two bottles of red wine, they taste the same to me. Maybe yeah. you can tell the difference between them. Um, which, which side of the mountain that the, the grapes grew and et cetera, which, 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 which uh, month, of the year they were, they were they was bottled, I've got no idea. But a lot of people say, listen, I can, I can tell the difference in the flavour, as you said – by using the pellet smoker versus using a normal grill. Um, And pizza in particular, that wood-fired flavour comes through for sure. Mm. So the thing with a pellet smoker, a lot of people don't realise is we use the word smoker, but it's actually a wood-fired grill. And so at low temperatures, you know, 120 degrees C and below, you're getting smoke. It's a small fire. Once you get the the temperature up above 120, 130 degrees Celsius, there's no smoke. It's
1: like a campfire. It's a,
2: it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a clean burning wood fire, and no. so it's essentially a, a fan forced wood oven. Essentially, is what it is. And so, if you're doing pizza, you're getting wood fired flavor, but you're not getting smoke because a lot of people are worried about. Oh, I don't want too much smoky flavor on my chicken wings or my pizza. No, there's no smoky flavor at those high temps. Mm. Um, and our, our grills can go to 240 degrees C, which obviously is pretty yeah, bloody hot. Right. It's okay. hotter than yeah, yeah, like w- way up there. And then low temperature is 75, 80 degrees C. So you've got a really big temperature range and the controllers we've got now, you can change the temperature on your phone and monitor and do all that kind of good stuff. But um, they're actually very accurate in terms of temperature as well. So if you do an electric oven and you put a temperature probe, they go 20 degrees plus and minus, up to 20 degrees plus and minus the target. Like, yeah, up and down. You don't see it on the display. It just says 180. Ours are like maybe plus or minus five to 10. So our temperature regulation is actually, in many cases, superior to your oven at home. Which is, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. So you, can, it's got very, very good, um, yeah, temperature control uh, on, on on the
1: grills. I found with uh, the one I had the the probe because you know those meter, you can get the app and yep. the meter. I found wireless were, ones. Yep. Yeah, they were really good to stick in and, and yeah, they're great. And I found on the the brands I was using, it, there was five degrees difference in temperature between the meter and the That's, probe. I um, mean, it depends where you're measuring as well because if you're using a,
2: a temperature probe in in meat. It depends on exactly where you are in the meat as well. And there are there are there is a bit of variance between those probes as well. The key thing is is what you're doing correctly is using those probes on your meat. Because if you're just looking at the outside of the meat and not actually using a probe, you've got no idea how well it's done. Mm. So using, you know, whether it be a meter probe or we've got wide probes that can go into the meat as well, using food probes to monitor your temperature um, is a huge difference in terms of getting good cooking results. Because you don't just overcook stuff. You don't destroy stuff. You actually get it just cooked perfectly.
1: And the other thing I found with the smaller the smaller uh, one, it got up the temperature quicker. So yeah, small my small Mrs. size, would, yeah. Whenever I'm cooking, she, she rolls her eyes. Every time I go to cook a brisket or something like she's like, Oh, here you gonna take three days and, and whatever. So so I'm so with the smaller one, I just whack it on and cook a steak on it within like twenty five minutes it's done, sort of thing. And it was, it was good.
2: Yeah, our little one's called, we just call it the mini, the mini, mini Z grill. And, and they are great for that exact reason. They can heat up fast. We've got a little cast iron plate you can drop in there, smooth one side, ridges on the other side. And that's great for doing like traditional style barbecue because it gets up to temperature fast. And mm. um, But you are getting that wood-fired flavor as well. But then you can you know, drop the temperature down and you can do, you know, a brisket. People do you know, briskets and pulled pork and stuff in that little small grill. And you look at it you're like, is that going to be able to do a good job? And yeah, it does. It does a really good job. So, yeah, we've got a lot of customers who've got the big one. And they'll get the small one as well, the mini, and use that for doing, you know, a quick cook um, or yeah. doing a smaller cook. Yep. Rather than use, using the, the big 700 xl and, and using a bit more fuel, they'll use the little one. So oh. a lot of people actually have two, which is obviously yeah, yeah. a bit crazy, but um, they, they've got so many barbecues in the backyard. The missus is like, you got to sell two more <laughs> before I can get a new one.
0: The smoking trend has really taken off. What do you reckon's fueled it? And don't say wood chips.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the flavor. It's, it's okay. the enjoyment of delicious food. I mean, if you look at, if you go, I don't know, if you, have you been to the US or not? Been to no, Texas? I haven't. No, no, no. We were supposed
0: to go okay. last year, but
2: it fell through, unfortunately. Uh bugger. So it's when you eat that delicious food and you go, yeah. I want to make that at home. And then you, when you realize that you can make that at home and you can't, I'm not the huge, I'm not the biggest fan of brisket. Brisket's like what everybody talks about. Um, I love pulled pork. Um, I love brisket done as shepherd's pie at the end, the leftovers yeah. of brisket, yeah, the fatty day. bits at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a shepherd's pie, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but you know, brisket is what people always talk about. But if you do something like that, the the results you can get at home with, in a pellet smoker um, are amazing. And so you know, when you eat that food that you might spend hundreds of dollars for in a restaurant or if you go somewhere in Texas you can enjoy it, it's delicious, you know, and it's a great food if you've got friends or, or mates around. Um and that's what sells it. it it's, it's I can now, because on a flat a flat barbecue, traditional old barbecue that you just destroy sausages on and burn the crap out of them, <laughs> you can't cook those things. No. You can't cook those things. Yeah, yes. you can do it. You can do it with charcoal. You can do it in a web. You can do it in those kind of things and you can get amazing results, but it is a lot of learning and you have to work out the snake method and be able to do that kind of stuff to get good results, which you can, but it takes a lot of time and effort and it is good fun. But a pellet smoker allows you to get those results without having to be an absolute guru and an expert at lighting and maintaining a fire with charcoal. So, a lot of people migrate from playing with a, a stick burner or an offset smoker to, or using you know, charcoal and they migrate to getting themselves a pellet smoker because they've got kids or they just can't hmm. spend enough. They don't want to spend that much time sitting there watching it. They want to get on with doing whatever other activities they want to be doing on the weekends.
1: So, yeah, uh, the, it's not. Chi- it used to be thought of really eating, but not anymore. The wireless side yeah, the of things—you can, can walk little- away from it. Check if you, as long as you're hooked up to your Wi-Fi and stuff, you can go into town for a drive and check up and do everything. It's exactly right.
2: Yeah. Exactly right. Um, th- it's nice because the whole point of these is set and forget, and mm. you are doing longer cooks, and so you want to know. Okay, if I'm setting this grill and I'm walking away for an hour or two, I'm going to the street for a few hours. I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to check it, and I want to have you know alert if something is up to temperature so you know the wireless uh, connectivity provides obviously that that functionality so yeah it's a bit of a no brainer
0: righto top tips for doing a good chunk of meat what is it what's the secret uh
2: well obviously the cut of meat so if you get if you are doing something like a brisket for example or pulled pork and it's lean it's going to be it's going to be crap yep. you've got to have enough fat in there because low and slow is breaking out know, the collagen it's breaking down the fat in there. And yeah, so a lot of the moisture that you see people yeah. squeezing out at the end. It's not not yeah, it's not water. No. It's fat. It's fat. It's and oil. so if you get a dry brisket, yeah, it's, it's oil. Exactly right. So if you get a dry brisket, it's because the cut was probably not very good. The other thing is obviously having patience as well. So a lot of people, they don't give themselves enough time. And so they plan, oh, I, I want to have dinner at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, and they plan it in that time frame. You want to push yourself back four hours and rest that meat in, in an esky for yeah. one, two, three, four, five hours. A lot of people don't time it well and then they've got a slow stall so the, the meat gets to 70 degrees internal takes a while to get through that and they freak out they crank the temperature up to try and get it up to temperature and they destroy it and so giving us up enough time is really key and understanding that you can put that low and slow meat in a good esky for five hours with a hot water bottle no yeah. worries at all yeah and, and actually it's actually better if you do that so Planning a little bit better, giving yourself enough time, having a really good cut of meat. And other than that, it's actually simple. It's it's it's, it's not complicated at all. You just have to um yeah, good cut of meat. Oh just let me give me let me throw this alarm. This is my cup of tea alarm. Hang on one sec. All right, do it. It says cup of tea. Cup of tea. What <laughs> <laughs> you what's, your, what's it's, f- it's my cup of, it's I'm not joking, it's my cup of tea alarm. So at nine <laughs> o'clock, I'm like an old man. At nine <laughs> o'clock I have I, I have an alarm that says, cup of tea, and I literally, because as a kid, we used to always have a cup of tea in the evening. I don't have a whiskey. no whiskey, in it, just a cup of tea. But I, it's like I have to have my cup of tea in the evening. It's also kind of a reminder to stop working, dude. Jump off the computer. It's Take downtime. a cup of tea. It's downtime. Start writing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. the, so, the important question is,
0: though, annoying, I'm a bit of a tea fan, so what are you drinking?
2: This is just like, um, uh, lip Is it Lipton? <sighs> It's not in, uh, No, no. no it's, um, I don't think it is. It's a red. It's a red and black box. I can't actually. I can't twinings. actually remember the name. Twining's. Twining's. Yeah. It's like Twining's extra strong. That, it, extra strong. You things. had me at extra strong. <laughs> you won
0: me over. You won me over.
2: I normally have that and some dark chocolate, but I'm not going to eat dark chocolate while I'm having a conversation with you guys. That's a little bit, uh, <laughs> no, you a little bit impolite. No, you
0: kill me, mate, because I've given up the sugar about a month ago and I'm still having withdrawal. I'm scratching like a junkie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually, um, you talked about being um, um, eating a lot of meat. You guys actually just eat meat? Are you doing, doing carnivore or not? Or are you just um, doing?
1: No, we, uh, we, we eat pretty much everything, but we, our, our world revolves around meat. <laughs> it does. We're, we're, yeah, very, okay.
0: we're very privileged up here, mate. We spend a lot of time out on the reef and that sort of stuff. So um, mm. we eat, well, well, I eat specifically a lot of seafood um, And my place, even backside yeah. of the river. So in the last two days, I've caught two thumping awesome. big barra right behind my house. So the freezer's full mm. of coral trout and Spanish mackerel but and not, barramundi. Not,
1: and but not more than 20. <laughs> no, but not more than 20. No, no, no. <laughs> we figured that one out last week. I, no, I, only allowed more, no more than 20 fish in your freezer per person.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah, we only just discovered that. <laughs> yeah, there's all these there's all these different bag limits <laughs> that you just a lot of a lot of common folk don't know about. So seafood is another thing that actually smokes really really well. A little bit of a side story. So growing up in New Zealand, where For we sure. where I lived was was real remote, real remote, middle of middle mm. of bumfuck nowhere. To be honest. Um, and we, we smoked, my family always smoked a lot of meats. We used to do a lot of hungies as well. So steam oven under the ground and that sort of thing. Um, but going back to my much, much earlier years, I had an uncle and auntie up here in far, far North Queensland. He was obviously Maori from New Zealand and they actually had a smoked fish business. They used to sell smoked fish commercially. Yeah. And he used to do it in his backyard in a great big timber smokehouse Mm. that he built himself. Because a lot of our family will only ever smoke just in timber. And it's got obviously got to be untreated timber, like natural cut timber. You don't want any arsenic inside it because that's not <laughs> going to bode well. Green timber. Uh, <laughs> hell no. And you, you knew when you put your box together and that sort of stuff, obviously it was just a hot smoker because you'd just – put all your coals in the bottom, you'd have a fire next to the, the smoker, shovel some coals in the bottom, yeah. and then some wet sawdust across the top of it, untreated sawdust, obviously. And you always yeah. knew when your smokehouse was was correctly seasoned because when you first build it, you'll have smoke escaping out of everywhere. Do you know what I mean? They're mm. out of all the cracks and the gaps. Yeah, yeah. But as the, the oil, but as the oil out of the fish or pork or whatever it is that you're smoking gets on the inside of the smokehouse, it'll seal it all up for you. So it usually takes anywhere from six, sure. six to 12 months to get a really good smokehouse that's completely seasoned on the inside. It's eh. much the same as your camp ovens. You know, you've got to season a camp oven. And they were actually selling, sure. uh, selling their smoked fish to a lot of the top restaurants in far north Queensland. This is the early 90s. Um, and yeah. they ended up getting shut down by uh, health and safety. Because oh, they, yeah, no, they were told that they had to do it in a commercial kitchen, and my uncle argued nail and tooth with him. He said, "Well, you can't." Been doing it for years, years and years and years <laughs> and years, right.
2: generations,
0: and nobody's he, got sick. He was filthy because he knew he wouldn't get the same flavour out of a commercial no. smokehouse mm. if he had. Of you know, of hindsight's you a fabulous thing. He could have jumped on board earlier and, and started producing them, but it's taken well, the best part of thirty years for these things to really fire mm. up, hasn't it?
2: Mm. Well, yeah, I mean it has, and and you could never probably match the flavour of that because you've got so much that's built up in that in that wooden structure. Obviously, it's yeah. adding extra flavour. It's not not going to be the same in a stainless steel um, smoker. It's just not. No, that's not. right. And even that, you know,
0: there was little tricks, and you know, brown sugar, and he used to soak his his fish in bacon brine. So the same stuff you'd make, oh, bacon, really? Yeah, he'd soak his fish in bacon brine mm. for about half an hour and pull them out, rub a bit of yeah. um, let them dry, and then rub a bit of um, mm. uh, brown sugar into them. And then just lay them on mm. racks inside the thing and smoke them. It only takes about 40, 45 minutes with fish, obviously, being yeah. a lot softer and a lot, you know, easier to cook.
2: And it was... We've done smoked salmon in our grills. I actually got a video I did um, with, with an old fellow down here, called Russell Stevens, did smoked salmon. Yep. Um, we brined it overnight. And yep. it was... I, I actually didn't know that I liked smoked salmon. Yep. And after we did that, I got a massive big piece, took back home with me, cold smoked salmon with some lemon juice. Unbelievable. And that was just done hot on, on the smoker. So you can get amazing results just beautiful stuff have you smoked
0: um any shellfish yet mussels oysters scallops anything like that
2: n- n- no 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 have not give scary. it a whirl my man <laughs> give scary, it a whirl really i'm telling you i'm yeah. telling you it'll, yeah? it's, it's an absolute
0: yeah. game changer obviously if you're allergic to shellfish this is a disclaimer don't do it <laughs> it might not Mate, end well for you i'd everything but but yeah. Um, yeah, especially the mussels. You, you've already got that salty really? sea seawater taste in them. Do you know what I mean? And then you yeah, add a bit of salt. Yeah, sure. add, add some sort of brine of some description. You really don't need to. All I need is a little bit of salt and maybe a bit of brown sugar. Yeah. And and yeah, put them in your in your your little smoker and give them a whirl. You'll be mm. pleasantly surprised. It's an amazing flavour.
2: Definitely have to give that a go. H- how good is it to be able to catch your own food, though, eat your own food?
0: Yeah, mate, it is. I mean, yeah. me, and, me and this bloke did a beast. Uh, he's got some cattle, and we, we we did a beast only, what, two months ago, yeah. maybe, thereabouts. So that's in the freezer. Seafood, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. It, and again, coming back to where you live, um, being in a country like <laughs> Australia – how privileged yeah. are we? Even where you are down there, you know, the the the, the waterways down there. The produce still got, is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. You know, there's, you can yeah. still get venison, wild venison down there. I know up in the Victorian highlands, there's plenty of deer around. Deer smokes, uh, you venison smokes amazing uh, as well. A hundred percent.
2: Yep. hundred yep. percent. We've got stacks of customers who hunt venison down here. Yep. Um, I know, know personally a few of them who've invited me on a couple of hunts. I wasn't able to go out with them, but um, yeah, they, they do it all the time um, and do a really good, really good job with that. So, yeah, I mean, I, as a kid, we used to slaughter our own lambs um, our own beef and obviously chickens, ducks, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, having your own, being, being, having that connection to the food as well, um, not just picking it up in a, you know, shrink wrap no, that's what it's container knowing. in the supermarket.
0: It's, it's, it, it, it's knowing where your food's coming from these days. Yeah. That's, that's a big yep. part of it, knowing what's going into it and, and, and what's not going mm. into it more to the point. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like when Like when a, when a meat chook goes from an egg to fully-fledged eight kilo, half a cassowary-sized chicken in the space of two months. <laughs> you can't tell me yeah. that's just
1: good feed. I I've, I've
2: no, follow a full name. Of, um, lots, of, lots of chemicals in there as well. hundred percent, mate. That's <laughs> I right. I follow
1: a follow name, Anthony, mm-hmm. Anthony Chafee. He's a carnivore doctor. Yes. Have you watched yes. him much yes. of his stuff? He is like I turning think... the table on a lot of stuff with the uh, carnivore sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, the carnivore diet, obviously, there's a lot of people. I mean, Joe rogan uh, went on that for a little while as well, and there's some, there's some benefits to doing that for short periods of time. Um, but the people that are actually exposing how things are sustainably hunted, I think, is awesome. Yeah. Is, is he one of the fellows who's doing that? Uh, no, he actually… You're talking that?
1: Yeah, he's actually a doctor, and he, um, that's, mm. that's what he does. He's been doing the carnivore diet for 20 years, and he's just ripped solid, muscly dude, yeah. And he's looks, Mm. he's probably 40 and he looks probably 30 or 28. Yeah. Yeah. For some people it works
0: amazingly. It does, mate. I I enjoy hunting. I grew up hunting, like living where we lived. If you didn't hunt Mm. or fish, you didn't eat. Um, So it was, was, it's always been part of, part part and parcel of of, of being, I don't know, who I am and that sort of stuff. And one thing that surprises me in Australia, especially living up here, is we have so many feral pigs in this country. (laughs) And we don't use them Mm. Now I know there's a lot of areas where you probably wouldn't touch the feral pork They're out there eating carrion and dead animals and roadkill and all that sort of stuff But here where we are in in, in Mm. FNQ The wild pigs up here mate are only eating bananas from his farm uh, sugar cane from other farms, yep. pawpaws, all the fruits that, mm. that fall in the forest, mm. and that sort of stuff, and they are some of the healthiest animals you are going to see anywhere. And the quality of meat—I've put a few on the table now. It's sure. a hard—it's a hard sell to the wife; she won't go for it. But she's also from the sunny coast, so it's a bit of a different, you know, different. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the 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 pork that we have in this country—they estimate there's 28 million pigs in Australia now, and for some reason, it's something. The, chal- that the challenge get must utilized. be
2: getting them though. Is is the challenge actually getting out there and and harvesting them? Is that the the key challenge because you've got to go out
1: there with a chopper or what? If we left now, we could probably have one dead by midnight.
0: Mate, I saw two on on the side of the road driving here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you swerved, you could get two. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly
0: right and probably a new bull bar as well. Um,
1: If you listened to last week's episode, I, I woke up the other morning and I bloody... Took a shot at one, but I missed it. <laughs> no, there's, there's there's
0: plenty around, but I think um, you know it's, it's one thing that we don't look at, and it's surprising because Australia was always a country that was built on living off the land, hunting, fishing, mm. all that sort of thing. But but over time, it, it's almost become frowned upon. You know, mm. I, I don't talk to too many people. It's a misunderstanding. It. it is a misunderstanding of what exactly hunting is right about.
2: about. It is, mate. Yeah, you know, I think, and also too. So I was going to say, people think that hunters are these these rough bogans who are going out there shooting street signs. Yeah, of course. In fact, if if you're a hunter, you're actually very respectful of the environment and you're going out there and you're actually taking that life and putting it on the table in probably a much more humane way than you are when you're getting it from the supermarket. Absolutely, mate. And those animals
0: are living their natural life. They're not stuck in a cage, exactly stuck right. in a pen, in a paddock or anything like that. 100%. They're out there doing what they should be, eating what they should be, should do and all that 100%. sort of stuff. So. I don't know how or when the attitude will change. It's very different in New Zealand. The, the outdoor mm. lifestyle is, and hunting and fishing is so much more accepted over there. So even, even the yeah. folk that live in the, in the guts of Auckland in the middle of the city, you can almost guarantee at least at one point in their life, somebody's dragged them out into a paddock and they've shot some ducks or they've shot some bunnies or, or gone hunting or fishing or something like that because the mm. outdoor life is just so much more widely accepted. It's part of
2: the culture over there. Maybe that needs to be part of year 10 uh, year 10 excursions for kids mm. going and doing some hunting as yeah. opposed to going to wherever they go.
0: Oh look, mate! I, I mean, from an education standpoint, I think we should be teaching kids a lot more about how to look after you know life skills, grow their own yeah. food, look after their own cars, re- raise their own animals, all that sort of stuff. It's, change a tyre, yeah, change a yep. tyre. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, going all the way back to what we talked about like at the good old stage, days, yeah, yeah, like the good <laughs> old days. Do you think your young fella has had a better um, uh, start education wise because he was schooled in China? I know this is getting back to uh, where we were at the start, but I, I meant to ask uh, you that earlier and I forgot.
2: It's a good question. Well, you got the bloody yes ducks. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, proof to the pudding, mate. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, y- yes and no. I think the, the study habits that he developed when he was a kid yep. were excellent because he had to, because the volume of work that they – I mean, even just learning Chinese, its like learning, uh, it's like learning 10 times the volume of work that you do with English. It's just so complicated. It, there's so many characters you've got to learn. And so for me, if I wanted to learn English, I'd have to invest, say, 100 hours, 200 hours. Yep. To learn Chinese at the same level, it's 1,000, 5,000 hours. So wow. the amount of workload okay. you've got to do as a kid to learn to be able to read and write well is 10 times more than it is for an Aussie kid learning English. Yeah, and that's that That's maybe even more than that. And so you have to spend a lot more hours studying, which is hard on little kids but we we were very balanced so he did his studies and did whatever homework he had to do but he also every weekend we took him out riding his bike running around hiking up the mountains he traveled overseas a fair bit so he got a pretty balanced childhood and obviously for me i've got a sporting background as as does my missus and so We were always trying to keep him super active. He was playing badminton or riding his bike or whatever. And so he wasn't sitting with his glasses on just doing homework every day. He was doing other things as well. So he got a pretty good balanced life from that perspective, but certainly got good study habits. When we moved back to Australia, the amount of homework that he was getting in year seven was laughable. And you've got other parents like complaining, complaining about the amount of study that they're doing and and it's too hard. And we're like, you've got to be joking. So there is... There is a balance there. Um, and I like for him in year 11 and year 12, he wasn't, he wasn't studying at 99% capacity. He was studying at probably 85, 90%. Yeah, he was right. still chatting with his friends. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. still going mountain bike rides with me. He was still going kicking the footy yep. and stuff because he already had pretty good efficiency because yeah. he'd learned from a young age to be efficient. So then he didn't have to spend every night until 12, 12 o'clock midnight studying because he was effective and efficient at it. And so, yes, 100% beneficial. Chinese studying is insane. It's too much. Once, yeah. you, once you get past primary school, it's insane. Like, that's one of the reasons why I moved him back here, so he didn't have to go through that. And also, too, you're not competing against a few hundred kids. You're competing <laughs> <No>. against thousands <laughs> yeah. to get into university. Or you, you compete to get into high school. Yeah, okay, right. You have to go pass an exam to get into a high school, a decent high school. And then you have to get obviously really good marks to go to university. So okay. there's there's a competition constantly there that you don't have here. Uh, and so yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Com- I mean, but it's com- not, competition it's drives s-
0: d- competition drives success. Healthy competition it drives is success. It's it's it, no it does, it's, But it, it,
2: it. Yep. It it can, it can be good, but it could also be insane. And so. Every parent has, is, wants their kid to go to university, and so they put so much pressure on the kids. Um, it's too much, to be honest. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why we moved him back here. So he's had a good – I mean, he's a lucky fella. He's had a good, balanced life. He's travelled all, all over the world. He's been to the US four or five times. He's yeah. been lots of cool places, been to Australia many, many times. Um, and so he's seen lots of things, and he's had a good, a good uh, upbringing. But for us, we've always just supported him to do whatever he wants, like in terms of like education and where we need to a, a slap around the head and point in the right direction, we've done that as well. Yeah, so good keep him focused, um, keep keep a square head on your shoulders. Um, but certainly, there, were, as you said at the very beginning, like what have I learnt from my travels, there are things that I would take from the Chinese culture, there are things that I would take from the Australian culture, there's things I'd take from the American culture. Yeah. And every other culture, it's it's not one of them. No, Put that's all right, Together, it's all together and melting you make a nice, nice little mix that makes sense for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a melting pot, isn't it?
2: Every go and learn something new.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: Absolutely. Oh, now,
1: we're, we're coming up to yeah just over an uh, hour now, so we usually wrap up not far from this. So. But
0: uh, one one give us a shameless plug for Z grills. Yeah, where do we get it? There. Online, in stores, where do we get it?
2: Only online. Yep. Z grills, not Z grills, no, Z Grills, Z on the Z, <laughs> Z with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> So we're actually, about, we're actually about to start as of midnight tonight, our Black Friday leading into summer specials. Okay, uh, we don't do right. crazy discounts because yep. we set pretty aggressive price points already, so you're not going to get 40% off any of our products, yep. <laughs> but we have nice little discounts there. Um, so Zgrills.com, go and check it out. The nice thing is give us a call, reach out through the chat on our website, go check out Zgrills Aussie Owners Facebook group, Zgrills Aussie Owners Facebook group. Um, and see our awesome community that we've got there. I'm very active in there as well. Um, and if you've got any questions, just reach out to say good say g'day. Um, we have got stacks of good information about the products and um, we can look after you with a good deal. So very, very simple.
0: Mate, sounds bloody good. I'll be on there, I'll be on Mate, there just after midnight, 12.01. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can, can, can i can i thank you two guys for having an awesome chat we started this conversation and i had no idea we had no specific topics that we we're going to cover i didn't know where the conversation was going to go but i think we covered some good ground They neither yeah. did we we had no
0: freaking idea not a clue that's how that's, we, that's how we run our lifestyle yeah. mate
2: Mate, I had conversations with people in ho- in hotels and airports all over the world. Old women, young young ladies, most not many young ladies, mostly old. <laughs> I hear people. you, I hear you. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. in the background. You can, all, you can always strike up a conversation with anybody. That's that's my philosophy. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, and the, we we would agree.
0: I think it drives our 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 our, our mutual wives a little bit nuts because everywhere mm. we go, we end up yarning with everyone, and they're just kind of sitting there going, "Oh Jesus, look at these two rolling their eyes." Shut up,
1: fellas.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun It's it good is, fun mate. to have you on
0: Good Thank you mate. very much For joining us mate It's much appreciated Bloody champ And uh, we're probably Going to have to get you Up here in FNQ To catch some seafood And whatever else We can muster up yeah. Bring the young fella up. We'll, awesome. give him a, we'll give him A proper FNQ experience
1: spear yeah, spearfishing <laughs>
2: absolutely amazing What's your thoughts oh, On spearfishing
0: awesome. Yeah 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 Spearfishing Have you done it?
2: I have never No Can you swim? No. Yeah but I can swim Well that's half the battle man You're man. already there <laughs> <laughs> I can, and I can also point and aim and I can pull. Look at that. That's,
0: that's all you all need. You need. That's all you need. He can't hit a barn door at 10 paces, <laughs> yeah. mate, so you don't even have to aim
1: that gun. Can I still come home with stuff? I'm that's good exactly. with a Nerf gun. Does that help? Is that, that helps. Different? That helps, <laughs> mate. There's no difference. There's no difference. Thanks, well, Mick. Well, mate. It's been a pleasure, bud. Thanks for that. See you later. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Talk soon. Thanks again, Mick, for turning up and turning it on. It's getting smoking. So if you want to check out Z Grills, Z Grills, whatever it is, Mick, I know you're going to be yelling at us right now. Check them out, Z Zgrills, zgrills.com.au. Check them out. Uh, you, you'll be pleasantly surprised. All these middle-aged blokes that listen to this, they'll be like, shit, I'm getting straight on it. They're actually cheaper than their opposition and just as good or even better. So check them out. I'll put the links in there, all all the bio and stuff that are uh, on this podcast app. And um, thanks again, Mick. And if you can, just share this yarn with your mate and auto-download it, chuck it online. Dead. Um, yeah, so if you auto-download it, then you're out on the water, out in the bush, out hunting, trying to get stuff for your smoker. Then we can just fucking... Go to town and you don't have to worry about the Wi-Fi, the internet letting you down. Let's go. Share it with a mate and I'll see you next week. As you can tell, I'm a bit drunk. Too rude.